At Freedom Mortgage, freedom means helping veterans use their homes for better living. Whether that be through refinancing your mortgage, accessing cash through your home's equity, or helping you purchase a new home, making home financing a custom fit. That's freedom. Visit freedommortgage.com forward slash VA to learn more. Freedom Mortgage Corporation, NMLS number 2767, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org, 951 Yamato Road, Boca Raton, Florida, 33431, 800-220-3333, licensed in all 50 states. For complete licensing information, visit www.freedommortgage.com forward slash state dash licensing. Equal housing opportunity. Hello and welcome to another episode of the GC Sunscast, episode 42, and it is the buys. Now, there's not much to talk about this week, but we will soldier on and find something amongst the uh, hay pile. My name is Shane, I'm your host. Joining me on the phone is Tom. Thanks for joining me, Tom. Yeah, g'day, Shane. Yeah, Uh, and we're both a bit worse for wear lately, aren't we? I'm still suffering an eye issue, and uh, it sounds like you've had a bit of a cold. Yes, yes, you're, you're the uh, quintessential one-eyed Suns supporter this week, and uh, yes, Arrgh, I'm a pirate. Yes, and uh, and and the uh, and, and winter has come. We had about, I reckon, we had about one week of autumn, and now <laughs> now now all the leaves are falling off the trees, and it's bloody freezing. It is bloody cold. It's um, we've actually had a break in the weather up here where I am. Uh, it's been pissing down rain most of the day. So that's good. It shouldn't interrupt the uh, the quality of the radio. But our lack of preparation from being a bit under the weather might. Um, let's start off by doing what we do every week and thanking our Patreon donors. So Old Soul, Jack's Dad, Paul Vosti, Tom Kim, Chris Moore and James Wood. Thank you for your donations and for keeping this show going. We'd also like to remind everyone we've got a off a donation offer anyone that donates over $30 for the month of June will be offered a GC Sunscast shirt so jump on board do that and we'll get in touch with you on where we can send the shirt and the appropriate sizing if you haven't seen the shirt it's up on our Facebook it's essentially just a white uh, polyester sports shirt with the GC Sunscast logo printed on there and we've got our favourite little fan in the background of yours, Tom. Oh, yeah. Who, and who's that? I have, I'm not on that page. No, no, the the voice in the background there, your little girl. Oh, you can you can hear that. Yeah, gee, such a good microphone. Um, look, if she's singing, that means she's, she's very happy. So <laughs> I dare not disturb her. Uh, listeners will just have to... Uh, have to shut it out or uh, or listen along, <laughs> factor it in. Although now I think she can hear me talking about her so that she stopped. <laughs> Just the way kids are. All right. <laughs> well, I'm not quite sure what we've got in store today. Let's start off by talking about the Allies game because the under-18s played this weekend, Tom, and you've got the lowdown. Yeah, they did, and it was an interesting game to watch. Of course, these games are all all uh, live streamed, so with with no AFL and no NEFL, it was just the thing uh, to 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 uh, be able to watch a game. And you know, 
these guys are a lot of them are playing a bit of senior footy already because they're all, you know especially the allies players they're all they're all playing NEFL already um, so it was a good game to start with and it was great to see all the Gold Coast guys in there because we had five players in this game the last the previous game we only had the two um, so Josh Gore was in amongst it he kicked a couple of goals and probably could have kicked a couple of more. He was looking very likely, very lively small forward. And a bit of the buzz around is that small forwards kicking goals at this time of the year, uh, you know, their draft stocks really, you know, really shoot up. So he's doing himself plenty of favours. Of course, Conor Bedarek, um, you know, he's just one of the best players in the Allies team. So he, he was leading from the front, getting amongst it. His name was getting called out left and right. And he was just tackling all day. It was just great to see. Um, and Dirk Conan was named in the best, uh, playing as a bit of an intercepting uh, key, key defender. Um, clunked a few marks and, and got things going forward again. And uh, it was always looking pretty dangerous. Uh, so it looks like he's booked himself a couple more games in the series. Ashton Crossley was very solid, picked up a lot of clearances, a lot of hardball gets, and was really getting in under the packs. And Ace was just everywhere. And he didn't have that many possessions in the end, but he had a lot of involvements and made a lot of hard tackles and really, really put on that pressure. So his pressure acts were, were the, you know, the most outstanding feature of his game. Unfortunately for the Allies, they're just too much of a um, hastily assembled team that had 10 changes from the game one. And they went down after leading for about two and a half quarters. I went down from memory 68 to 45 or something like that. Um, so, as I said, um, Josh Gore kicked a couple of goals, but goals were pretty hard to come by. They kicked a lot of behinds. So, yeah, that, that, that was about that. There were obviously some good players from the from the from from both sides. Um, the, the, uh, the best players from the Allies who weren't Suns players are going to other academies, so not really worth mentioning too many of them. But, yeah, Tom Green's probably the one uh the, that you would you would say from from GWS that if uh if they if they didn't want him you know he's probably going to go in the top 10 uh so yeah good good quality game and and and, and more competitive footy from the allies uh so look forward to seeing them the other i mean it's not good news the other news to come out of it is is um the the allies ruckman uh injured himself which is probably good news for Matt Conroy who is of course the the next in line ruckman and, and played a pretty decent game in the in the big loss that they had first up yeah he was a key ruckman last year wasn't he for the allies yeah and back this year and you know i mean ruckman as we know they take a lot longer to to develop and you know, Matty, he's he's played in the in the Quaffle Grand Final last year. Uh, played in two lots of national championships. He's been in all the development programs for for Talls in the AFL Academy. So he's definitely on the radar. He had a really good NAB League series, um, and he was just you know there's just rotated for this game. Uh, he doesn't mind a shot at goal either, and I've seen him live, and, and uh, he can he can bang him in from from outside fifty. So, um, as a ruck forwards, a second ruck option is uh, he's got that versatility. Some some ruck some rucks just don't know how to play around the ground. He's one of those guys who could take a great mark, kick the ball decently, even though it's a long ball drop. Um, he's pushing two hundred centimeters. 
possibly still growing. You know, these, these 18 year olds, 19 year olds. So yeah, it's looking good for that for those guys. I, I can't really see any opportunities for any of the other um, Gold Coast players who are in the academy squad because they're they're bottom age. So maybe by the fourth game, uh, we might see Alex Davies and Jack Johnson uh, get in there. But, you know, we'll we'll, we'll wait and see. And, of course, the other option, which the Allies frequently exercise, uh, which Connor Nutting in his year, in his draft year, he he wasn't in the squad at all. But he he went out and played the brilliant game of Neifel. And the Allies really needed players, so they picked him. And, uh, and he went and covered himself in glory and ended up getting drafted by the Suns anyway. So, uh, you know, there could be a couple of guys out there like, uh, we'll, well, we'll see what happens with the Neeful team this week uh, that they'll be playing for that. So, yeah, I wouldn't expect that our five guys will be getting dropped, uh, maybe one of them. But, uh, yeah, it sounds like they'll be pretty busy in the next two weeks of action. Of course, uh, the national championships wrap up um, the weekend after this. So the Allies have two more games against South Australia and Vic Metro, which sounds very ominous, but actually this year, Western Australia and Vic Country are the two teams to watch. Uh, so we have a chance of winning at least one of our games. Well, that's pretty good. There sounds like we've got a bit of talent coming up into being draft eligible. A couple of Suns Academy boys this year. Badarik, the uh, number one target there. Uh, yeah. So if uh, if you are into uh, the youth and the development of some of their younger footballers, uh, seems like paying attention to the Allies games is one of the necessities to see who's coming up through the ranks and could be a son in the, the future years. Uh, this, this is exactly right. So the, the just a quick rundown of, of, of what you know what we think uh, think we know is that Connor Bedarek's been been um, predicted as maybe a first round draft pick. So we hope maybe he slides through to the second round and we can get him cheaply because uh, we can match a bid on him. And I've had confirmation this week that that Ace uh, Huego Paul Oia uh, is is eligible to be rookie listed. Um, put on the category B rookie list because he's from PNG, uh, which is I've thought that for a long time. So um, those are two players who are almost definitely going to be at the Suns, uh, and of course Conan and and uh, and Conway, who we talked about, though those two are, uh, are under nineteen, so this is their last chance to be drafted. Um, you wouldn't be surprised if the other guys are maybe sent back through for another year of conditioning. And um, But, you know, if their name gets called out, it's up to us whether we want to match a bid, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And when you say last chance to be drafted, I mean, they can always enter the into the draft in the following years, but it's their last year as a, in the Suns Academy, isn't that right? Uh, yeah, sorry. Yep. Should, should, uh, should, should Last chance to be drafted directly by us. Um, and, you know, look, they look like AFL players. And if it... You know, walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, as they say. Um, it's a cow. Those... Okay, <laughs> and moving on, we've got the women's game that was on the weekend up in Mackay, isn't it? Mackay? Mackay, Mackay. Yep. Um, yes, which is Suns territory. Yeah, you? and not a good result for the Gold Coast Suns, though, was it? Brisbane taking that game out. Yeah, well, look, to be honest, if we, if we take, if we can win any game between now and the end of the year, that would be amazing. It's a brand new team. There's a barely 
barely enough players to fill the roster. They ha- actually had to draft in extra players from the the, the uh, QAFLW. Um, so to, just to make up the numbers. So um, and and the actual the actual final score looks like it was a comfortable win to the Lions the Lions team, but in actual fact, it was a very, very close game and there was just a one-quarter burst where the Lions came out and that, that just too, too experienced. I mean, you know, this is a Lions team who's been competing for grand finals in the in the last three seasons against the Suns team that's sort of just come up through the junior ranks and, and sort of been thrown together. Um, so it's pretty amazing, really, to think 10 years ago, the Suns were, were just a, an under-18s under boys team running around the TAC Cup. And now, 10 years later, we've got boys teams, girls teams. The academy is just amazing. And we're about to you know enter this AFLW team in the national comp. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really exciting. Um, you know, saying that they'll come out and win the comp in the first season is, <laughs> you know, very optimistic. But um, the way that it's all been put together and and the feedback that I've been hearing from from uh, listening to interviews with the, with the, the women players because some of them of course have come from interstate a lot of them are Queenslanders and they went away and now they've come back um, Tiana Ernst who's a who's a who's a doctor um, a surgeon she's <laughs> you wouldn't believe it um, you know she she likes to play footy on the weekends um, she said that the the, the all the male players got around them when they when they were signed when it was announced and 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 you know they're, they're a very social club and the, the club culture is building with the the men and the women <coughs> being able to sort of relate as professional sports players. Oh, that sounds really good. Sounds like a work environment I'd love to be a part of as well. So I'm sure, sure. a lot of other people out there uh, admire that and a lot of future football stars want to want to come to the Suns and be part of that environment. Um, now, let's move on from the women's to the men's. It was the bye this week, but we have an updated injury list via the AFL website. And if I just bring it up here, it was taken from Tuesday the 25th, so it's today. Yep. Ainsworth, four weeks with his foot. Bowes, four weeks with a quad. Collins, one to two weeks with a hip. Fletcher, two to three weeks with a quad. Hanley is a test with his quad. Lemons is only a week away with his ankle. Murdoch is a test with his foot. Isaac Rankin is a test with his hamstring. Schoenfeld, three to five weeks with a knee. Uh, We know Thompson and Wigg are out for the season with their knees. And Aaron Young is a test with his knee. So it looks like Tuke Miller's been pulled from that injury list, and I thought there was another one. Maybe it was Sheer. Sheer. Yeah. Yeah. So six six players test on Thursday before they name the the the, the squad. So uh, you know potentially uh, the two vice captains come straight back into the team. Uh, that's the that's the the buzz around the club. The club have come out and said um, those two players are, are you know going to be selected if, if they pass their tests. So that's good news. Um, you wonder if, uh, you know, Shear and Rankin will go straight back to the knee full. Um, will they, and you won- 
We'll, we, I mean, not Sheer. Expect Sheer to go back, but will Rankin go to Nifl this week? Yeah, the club have been incredibly be op- cautious with him, and yeah. they gave him an extra week last time before playing him in the Nifl, and then he went and did his hamstring in that first game. Oh, he didn't play. He he did it in practice, preparing for it. The, the plan okay. was that he would play that week, and then. So maybe, so, yeah, considering they're but, traveling down to Sydney this week, maybe they hold yeah. off another week and he plays at Metricon Stadium the following week against Redland. Yeah, they're, they're pretty... Uh, look, you're right, there's always that possibility, but they're, they're pretty gung-ho about Rankin playing this week. Mm. Um, I don't know why, because it's not like they're, they're you know trying to build up a crowd or anything like that, but... Um, it seems to me that the, that six weeks that they extra weeks that they gave him was always going to be he was always going to be ready for this. So I think think this has been the plan all along. Well, to be honest. from let's go back to that from a marketing point of view, they could really build up a crowd to the Metricon game before Richmond. Is because yeah. uh, it looks like I'm not a hundred percent certain, but looking at the Neefel schedule, it looks like that uh, Gold Coast versus Redland game is at Metricon Stadium and looks like it would be a curtain raiser to the Gold Coast-Richmond game. You could certainly yeah, build yeah. up a bit of a crowd of diehard footy fans there that want to see Isaac Rankin. Oh, yeah, for sure. And look, I mean, probably probably that that's what they've got in mind, even if he plays in Sydney this weekend, if you know what I mean. Um, he might even be... If he, if he has a, a fantastic game, which, you know, who knows what will happen... But um, whatever he does this weekend will determine whether he's playing in the in the ones or the twos the following week. Um, and there's a lot of footy at Metricon in July, and the club's selling the um, three match memberships. Um, and the memberships today uh, were released, and it's it's um, it's higher than it's been in five years. The memberships. So some people say that's because they've got dog and cat memberships. I don't know if that's true, if they count it or not. Uh, I do know that they do have pet memberships this year, so might be something there, but I, I, I'm pretty confident that they're not counting those. And um, and it's these um, these three matches, because, of course, you know, I bought a three-match membership because I don't live on the Gold Coast. Uh, I haven't used all of those yet because I've got other tickets in other ways. But uh, a lot of people would have got their three-match ticket and they decided that they're, they're you know they're quite into the team this year, and they're interested in going and seeing the team and supporting the team. So um, good to see you from the membership front. You know, you don't, you don't normally get a, a team that's lost nine games in a row and they're still selling memberships. Uh, at this, at, you know, in the bye week of the season. So I think there's something going on with the marketing there. You're right, and uh, and yeah, like I said today, they've come out and uh, you know it's on the AFL website that Rankin's playing this week. Yeah, well, I mean, the AFL uh, media are starting to stick the boot into the Suns because we have lost nine games in a row. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've seen the old argument of moving to Tasmania pop up and the relevance of the Gold Coast Suns. Uh, I mean, I I can't believe we're still having those sorts of conversations. They're pretty much dead and buried, aren't they? Like, have, have they not discovered that there's actually a market up here for football? It may not be yeah. the, the holy grail of Melbourne, but it's certainly something to hang your hat on. And the AFL is attracting 10 times more of a presence up here than even what the NRL is. 
Yeah, look, they they don't they they really don't. It's a bubble. It's the Melbourne bubble, and for the first half of the year, they 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 they, they really attack the the Victorian teams that don't that you know that aren't doing well. So all of the headline, even Essendon, who are, you know still a chance for finals, they the death ride Essendon, and of course the Demons haven't been very good this year, so they death ride the Demons, and even though St Kilda's actually doing reasonably well and still a chance of finals, they're, they're death riding the Saints and the and, and the saying Richardson's not going to be coached next year, and you know, when North Melbourne didn't start well, it was the media pretty much who, who, who got Brad Scott fired, because they're just in this bubble and you know Sydney loves it because they're, they're outside of the bubble so it doesn't matter they don't care what's written about them um, you know Brisbane's enjoying it this year because they're only getting good press because they're not in the bubble but there's also a little bit of a bias towards Brisbane because they're kind of seen as sort of half you know Fitzroy so yeah you know the, the a lot of, with probably the last three weekends we've had <coughs> excuse me We've had uh, various teams having buys, and so without the Gold Coast actually playing, that's been time when they've they've pulled out the dusty old arguments and saying, "Oh yeah, you know, time for, to review their sons." Oh, they didn't have one anything for nine games. I think the the difference is that the, the it's not like the sons have been getting beaten by twelve goals every week, and that's that's what the club's aim has been. I mean, if. If the, if the side could win a game by more than a goal, then the percentage would look better. But it's been those margins that have really been reined in and, and being in games for three and a half, four quarters, you know, this this is the this is what we can see, but they're blind to it. They are blind to it. Um, you know, and it's the big it's not even like it's hack journalists, it's the it's the big leading journalists. They they all have their their stupid little you know, sun story in the draw for when it becomes a popular talking point again. I think it's so, also an issue. They don't get much exposure to the Suns games down there because I think Free-to-Air, if I'm right, only had one Suns game this year on Free-to-Air yeah. in Victoria. And I think this might be it this week. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, yeah, you're right. It's all it's all on, like, the... the, 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 the it's all on... You can watch you can watch every game, of course, but you'd have to go looking for it. And certainly on free to air, it's on um, on the second channel at seven two uh, or whatever it's called. Um, so yeah, they're, 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 all they were looking at is going looking who's leaving the Suns, and and they recognise a lot of those names because they're good players. So they didn't know any of the names coming into the Suns, so they didn't know. You know, and probably fair enough that we didn't really know either. But you know, it's, it's a better team this year with 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 what's there. And I don't know. Listening to the commentators, they seem to start. You know, like Dermot Brereton used to be a. Cl- if you've been a renter, you know it's stressful to find the perfect place. But Zillow Rentals make it easy. They have filters for pretty much everything, so you can find a rental that's big enough for entertaining your friends, but small enough they won't crash all weekend. Find your sweet spot on ZillowRentals.com. Classic for knowing nothing about Suns, and he's actually been been um, you know the preferred commentator for the Suns um, this year because he's gone back and he's learned a bit about the players and 
and and and crowds, you know, listeners love him because he can actually tell you who who Goober Crossley is or who this you know this new player is, and and he's actually getting their names right during the call and correcting the other guys. I remember him correcting Tuke Miller's. You know, it's not that hard, but you know. Um, so you know, I will say that there's some parts of the media who are sort of waking up to it, but yeah, this you know, this it's just going to be the same forever because the other thing with the Victorian media is that they because there have been so many teams in Melbourne who have been touted as relocation and and they've they've seen it they've seen Sydney go to uh, sorry the South Melbourne go to Sydney and Fitzroy go to Brisbane. And Hawthorne almost merged with Demons. Footscray almost go broke and all that kind of stuff. So they, the, the media is very much on the side of all of the teams that are there. But I think we all know that, you know, North Melbourne's going to eventually increase their presence in Tasmania and be the Tasmanian team. So talking about the Gold Coast getting relocated there, Tasmanian Suns, come off it. I mean, Hawthorne could relocate they're they're on the way down and as Wayne Carey alluded to on commentary the other night it was uh Jaeger O'Meara would probably be looking around going I'd be, I'd be better off staying uh <laughs> referring to staying at the Gold Coast Suns so that was a bit of a clip wasn't it I think so yeah yeah and uh I mean you know the obvious ones Caddy and Prestia uh you know getting a premiership at at, at the Tigers they feel like they're in a better place. Um, you look at Charlie Dixon; he's been injured more than he's been playing since he came went to went to Port. And Benell suffered um, another serious ha- uh, calf issue this week. I think it was. Yeah, uh, Aaron so, Hall's done done for the season. Colin Jasney's probably never going to play again because of concussion. The list goes on. It's not not a very happy. Um, next step for a lot of a lot of Suns players who do to do you know they want away and then they find themselves playing VFL pretty quickly. <laughs> well, on uh, top of the on top of the media speculation and hit uh, bashing of the Suns, we've also got a, a few less credential credentialed media outlets or people on social media spruiking about certain players that are looking to leave the Suns and a lot of it is garbage so just be mindful of that when you're seeing these sorts of things uh recently we had uh one article claiming Jack Martin was going to the Bulldogs um quite possibly we don't know what Jack Martin's planning on doing but uh it also went on further to claim that Braden Fiorini was looking at getting out of the club and He's one of the most dedicated Suns players at the club that I know of as far as driving culture and uh, driving the direction of the club. And from all reports, he's 110% committed to that football club. And that's backed up by family members as well that we've spoken to. Yeah, yeah he's not going anywhere except maybe into the leadership group. Uh, he's, you know, he, he's, a, he's a required... He's under contract, he's required... He's committed, and and um, as far as that that old thing of you know players who leave and complain that they weren't developed well enough. Well, Fiorini doesn't have any concerns there. He's he's probably been injured a fair bit in his career, but I mean that that seems to be at the Suns. We seem to sort of not mollycoddle them, but we seem to give them plenty of time to recover from their injuries. 
Whereas other clubs simply just say, you know, look, you're playing and you're going to play through those injuries because, you know, you've got to be tough. And, uh, and we, we don't do that that way. And I think that's what set him up for such a good year this year because he's, he's just knocking the lights out, isn't he? You know, he's getting 31 touch games and, you know, if he's doing that now, imagine what he's going to be like in, in two or three years when he really hits his, you know, his best years. So, yeah, fair reading's not going anywhere. Having a great year. Um, Jack Martin has been linked with, I think, every single club in Victoria, but he's not even from Victoria. No, he's WA, isn't he? Yeah, and when we went to WA last year for the, the back-to-back games, after the game against Fremantle, he, he described the, the crowd as very hostile, and he, he sort of looked a bit shell-shocked. Um, you know, he played, played a good game, but, you know, the, the Fremantle players and crowd were brutal. And, uh, you know, I mean, you wouldn't even be surprised if there was a bit of, you know, racial undertones kind of going on as well. I mean, you'd, you'd hope not. But, um, you know, he, 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 didn't, he didn't strike me as the kind of person who was jealous of the home crowd who wanted to go play for his, uh, you know, home state. <laughs> he seemed like someone who was heading for the airport to come back here. So, yeah, we, we, could, we could probably have a whole show about Jack Martin because... His, uh, his form this year has been really jagged. There's been areas where, you know, his his statistics are elite league-wide and then other areas like his, his Klang account is, you know, top of the, the, the club. Yeah. And, you know, how do you, how do you explain it? Uh, some games he's best on ground and other games he's just <sighs> almost throwing it away. But we're well, trying too hard, you know. And and uh, you know making that error crucial error he hasn't been accurate in front of goals, so yeah I think he's got contract matters on his mind, but well, we don't know what they are. No, I think the statistics for Jack Martin show that he's improved this year, and that's yeah. probably correlated by a swing into the midfield for the first time in his career as a permanent midfielder. Uh, Which is why his accuracy has gone down. And yeah, why he's, you know, and because he's he, if you're trying to do everything at 100 miles an hour, eventually you're going to screw it up. And at the same time, a lot of expectation from Suns fans and outside, you know, probably hyped up what he is capable of. Um, we just got to wait and see for him to ease into to that position and feel more comfortable every single week. Now, the other Jack that's been linked to trade rumours is the recent Jack Lacocious. Um And I think that's really only come about because Adelaide suddenly find themselves in the likely position of having either pick one or two in this year's draft. Yes, well, this is it. If, if Gold Coast and Carlton finish, finish last and second last in whatever order, Adelaide, of course, have got Carlton's first pick from their, their, their trade they did last year. So the, if Adelaide wanted Lacocious... What, what, how much? How much are we are we going to charge them? They've got a, they've got num- if they've got a, a top two pick, that could be it. Well, I it, it all depends on what Jack wants to do. If Lacocious wants to stay at the Suns, I'm all for it. If the yeah. club wants to keep Lacocious at the Suns, I'm all for it. Um, try to convince him to stay, sign him up long term and try to develop him into being the footballer he can be. 
if he's yeah. made up his mind and wants to go back home and the club's willing to part with that, well, this would be the year then to make the most of that. And Adelaide would have to give up that pick. And I don't think they should be expecting anything else back in return. Uh, yeah, Lukosius I, I mean, was picked look, yeah. to in a super draft year where we were saying every single one of those top six draft picks could have been pick one in another year. So That's theoretically, right. Lukosius could have been pick one this year. And I, I don't see how his value would have dropped considering he's going to finish the season with... Uh, a dozen AFL games at least under his belt and having a preseason unless he cops a serious injury this year I don't see how his trade value would drop now he seems quite resilient um you know, he's cop knocks and there's been times when you're thinking oh geez you know he looks a bit out in his feet or whatever um no I mean he's, he's coming along and clearly the selection policy with him is like play him see what he's going to do and, and and give him that, that real taste of AFL football and the development that goes along with it. And if after a couple of years he decides that he wants to go back to South Australia, at least we'll be able to get top dollar for him. And, and I mean, I think that's a really good strategy. Um, <clears throat> whereas, you know, King has legitimately played himself into the into the first team and, the, you know, it's obvious that King is not really quite ready, but he he wants to be there, and, and there were, there really weren't any other players with their hands up. So so he he's the one who's gone in, um, and of course Rankin's had the injury. So look, all I'll say about Lukosius is is um, this is the year that he either goes or he doesn't go because I can't really see either Port or the Crows having a really high pick again. But I will say this as well: the 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 only time I can even think of when a when a number one or number two draft pick has wanted to go home after one year is going all the way back to Nathan Buckley, and what the Lions got in return, well, the Bears got in return for him from Collingwood was a, a couple of senior players who didn't end up working out, only played a handful of games each. And the draft pick, which was about number 12, for, for which ended up being Chris Scott. So you could argue that maybe the Bears did get some pretty good value out of that trade. But um, more recently, you've got Josh Shackey, who was number two, just like Lukosius. And he went home after two years. But he sort of had a lot of problems. He had a lot of play. mental problems that were came out in the public space that he was dealing yeah, with. He yeah. took time off, like, as far as packing his stuff and driving back down to Victoria. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's all a different scenario. You've probably got to look more closely to the value of uh, what some of these top players are getting because at the moment we can only value Lukosius on his potential. So you'd have to be prepared to pay the same price as what you would be prepared to pay if you were to pick him up in the draft this year. Um, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I think, I think Adelaide... And, and in the end, I think Adelaide would take Lukosius. wasn't it? Yeah, in the end, I think Adelaide would take Lukosius at pick one or pick two if they were offered him. And Gold Coast just need to put their foot down if that was the case and do what Fremantle did to us a few years back with the Lockie Weller situation. Uh, Lockie Weller wasn't worth pick two, even if we did get uh, pick 41 back, which we turned into Ballard. But um, there was no way Lockie Weller was worth just pick two. And it will be the same with Lukosius. 
uh, Lukosius isn't yeah. going to be worth a pick 18 or and uh, yeah. pick 12 or something. He's, he's worth that pick one or that pick two. Now, yeah. the reason we're talking yeah. about these picks is because it's been reported that the two gun midfielders in this draft predicted to go one and two are best mates playing for Vic Metro, if I remember correctly. Uh, or is one Vic yes, Metro, right one Vic that. Country? They, yeah, they, they, they play for the same um, NAB, NAB League team and, and they play for Big Metro together. They played last year, so the Oakley Chargers, they played last year as bottom ages in the losing grand final. Um, so they've been, you know, they play all their footy together. And uh, even though Vic Metro is not doing fantastically well, the two of them just had this crackerjack combination. And the only club that would, would appear to have any sort of chance at snaring picks one and two, because they're, they're being, you know, almost unanimously predicted as being the top two picks. Um, the only club who could have any sort of possibility of getting both of them is us. Well, hang so, on, hang on. Maybe Adelaide's got a player they want to send to us for pick two. Maybe um, we have pick two. Maybe Adelaide say, all right, we'll send you... Uh, Oh, God, I can't think of any Adelaide players, and they used to be my old team. They're all full of new people now. Um, They've just gotten a bit old. I mean, they've got some great players. Like, I mean, Eddie Betts isn't worth anything anymore as a trade player, but, um, you know, they got Betts and Walker, and, you know, they, they got some. They got the other Tom Lynch. Um, they, the one player who they do have who I quite like is Himmelberg. So if there was going to be a wrinkle in the... If, if Lukosius was going to be traded... Um, and there was going to be something that you know we we trade the coaches and a and a and a, a later pick, and and they send us the, the early pick and say Elliot Himmelberg. Uh, Himmelberg's interesting because he's he he came from the Brisbane Academy, but um, his parent he didn't live in Brisbane for long enough. He was like Lucky Weller didn't live here long enough to be able to have uh, for the Lions to be able to match the bid when Adelaide picked him in, in the uh, in the draft. So he's not a Queenslander, but he played his, you know, his, his, his academy footy here and uh, he's 198 ruck forward. So, uh, you know, there's a player who we might sort of say, look, you know, we, he fits our age profile we want a player for a player. If we're going to lose the coaches, we want a, a good player and a good draft pick. And, you know, here's pick 52. I got, I got a better idea. How about Adelaide give us pick... Let's say we get pick one. Adelaide get pick two. How about Adelaide give... We give Adelaide our pick one in the draft and they give us Matt Crouch and Brad Crouch. And we keep Lukosius. <laughs> then they can pick up the two young kids and we've got the elite midfield ready to go for next year. I don't think that they'd uh, ever pick up the phone again. <laughs> it, it's pretty good for us, isn't it? Um, but, I mean, the fact that they got both of those brothers is just incredible. They, they, they do have... They, they have one of the best recruitment teams Um Around, look, I, I having seen Raul and and Anderson, who are the players we're talking about, Matt Raul and Noah Anderson, they're worth waiting three or four seasons for them to fully mature. They're worth bringing in now together, and uh, and you know whether they play from day one or not is up to them. 
But um, yeah, they're, they're certainly worth it. But of course, you know, Suns have this history of bringing in this brilliant talent, and then they want to go home after a few years. So it's always going to be a problem, isn't it? I mean, I, when it when it gets right down to it, I don't really want to give up give up Jack Lacocious because he does he does have so many so many things going for him, and he's only going to get better and better and better and better as he as he continues down his career. So you know, and we we love him, don't we? I mean. We were, we were hoping we'd pick him way out, you know, this time last year. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Lukosius. I feel like whenever he's got the ball, he uses it really well. And his uh, his kicking, his pinpoint accuracy kicking into that forward line is really something special. We've seen it a few times. And you just sit there going, this kid's only playing his fifth or sixth game of AFL football and he did that. Like that That's yeah. pretty special sort of... A, a pretty special ability and something the Suns don't have much of. So That's right. I, and, I think we with, need to hold with, on to Jack as as long as possible. Yeah, and with the, the kind of forwards that we've got, a lot of them are young. So if we've got a combination of Lukosius and Rankin to be able to unleash, you know, the the countless times when when they're playing together for South Australia. It would be, you know, Lukosius would be setting up the play and just put the ball in just the right spot and Rankin would either go up for a, for a, for a specky or or mark it over the back of the of the pack or, you know, it was quite often the two of them, you know, you'd hear Lukosius' name called and a couple of seconds later Rankin's kicked a goal. And that, that's so, probably the other thing. We're probably not seeing the best of Jack and when Rankin gets out onto the field, we'll probably see... A better side of Jack, uh, Isaac would probably make Jack look a lot better. Yep. So yeah, that, that he's, just tandem, a, he's just a freak, and, yeah. and and having having such a good user of the ball to deliver the ball to just like like Rankin is Eddie Betts, Rankin is Jason Ekermanis. Rankin's one of those kids who he's just got this sixth sense for football. And they've even show, I've even seen slow motion footage where the ball comes up to his hands from the ground, and as he's in mid stride, he's looking around for what he's doing. This is all in slow motion, and his hands are automatically moving the ball into a position for him either to be able to hand pass or to kick. And they show it in slow motion, and, and that's just. That's just nature. That's natural. Like he, he's just you know had a ball in his hands for so many years, and and, and that just comes second nature to him. So he's he's just going to be amazing. Um, if he's if he's in the Neefel team for a few weeks, I'll probably be just watching the Neefel for a while. <laughs> Give the AFL a miss. Uh, can't wait for him to debut for us. Yeah, same here. All right, well, that just about does it for this week's episode, Tom, unless you've got anything you want to quickly add. Um, well, I mean, we are playing Sydney this week, and I'd like for Sydney to become the Suns' bunnies. That's my, my, my ambition for for the foreseeable future. Um, just a couple of things. Um, Buddy Franklin will not be playing, and our last episode we wondered who would match up on Buddy. Uh, answer is we don't need to worry about that. So you you kind of what do you do you think we'll go in with our our three talls in the forward line and a, and a bit of a an underman well not underman but but shorter 
uh, back line? Uh, very hard to say. The coaching and selection committee haven't got a great track record of making huge changes. However, yeah. after the buy with the potential players that we could be getting back into the side, I don't know. I really don't know which way they're going to swing. I'd like to hope uh, blokes like Sam Day and the guys that came in for their first game against St Kilda remain. And, um, yeah, I like the idea of the uh, three-pronged forward line. I think it suits right Day and even Wits better, um, yeah. having all those blokes playing in the side. Yeah, then, well, well, look, Sydney's down their bones on ruck. Um, <coughs> um, you, you probably didn't watch it, but the uh, the uh, Sydney game, which is another weird Sydney game, but uh, the um, and a kick. I don't know if you saw it. The kick for goal. Hawthorne played a kick for goal, and it was, he kicked it, and it was big, a big high moon raper, and and then the the Swans players just sort of stood around. The ball bounced and went through the goal after the siren, but it had been kicked before the siren, so it counted. Anyway, um, their big their big ruckman is um, is injured. He he got concussed in one of those ways where you see him, you know, they're obviously reeling around. They're concussed, but then he was arguing that he was going to be right to go back on the field, and you know, if he's concussed that badly, he's probably going to miss a week. Yeah, so uh, I think the selection qualms this week are going to be focused more around who's Sydney missing than who Gold Coast yeah. are providing. Um, it, so yeah. it's going to be a very interesting topic of discussion. Uh, yeah. but that's, well, if that's we've it. got bits and day in the in the ruck against Aaliyah, Aaliyah, and they've got um, they've got their young 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 ruckman who's only played one game for them, and the game that he played for them was against the, the Suns last year. So yep. he, he's he, if he comes in for his second ever AFL game and he had a nightmare game last time around, it's all it's looking good. There's things I'm I'm, I'm a lot I'm a lot more. All right, even we're going to go, Swans Tom. Thanks for really that. Well. Tune in next week. If you've ever been a renter, you know it's stressful to find a place with everything you love and nothing you don't. But did you know Zillow does rentals? It makes the search so easy. They have filters for pretty much everything, so you can find that place that's in your budget, but also isn't a shoebox. Or a place that's close to your parents, but far enough they have to call first. Plus, it's easy to apply, request tours, and pay rent in the app. Head to ZillowRentals.com and find your sweet spot. Gym sessions and sweaty summer activities are back, which means more funky smells in your clothes, because sweat leaves behind bacteria that causes those hard-to-remove odors. Clorox Fabric Sanitizer products are ready to zap the stink out of fabrics in your home by getting rid of 99.9% of odor-causing bacteria. Eliminate odors in every load or sanitize fabrics between washes with one of our Fabric Sanitizer products. Search Fabric Sanitizer at Clorox.com to learn more. When it counts, trust Clorox. Use as directed.